So today is International Trousers Day. Oh, you know how you know how to hurt me. You know how to hurt me. Support for the Neutral Cider Pod comes from Tackle and Bait. Tackle and Bait. The technological advancements of Scotland for you and your garlic needs. Welcome to the Neutral Cider Hotel, cider podcast that is not scared of tackling the big topics of the day whilst engaging in some gratuitous jokes along the way. My name is Gabe Cook and I'm the ciderologist and I am a global cider expert. I'm also rather lazy, which is why I, I have been considering over the past few weeks about shortening Neutral Cider Hotel because it's such a task to say Neutral Cider Hotel. So I was thinking about just shortening it to NCH. Um, but, you know, I thought that I should possibly check, first of all, whether this acronym had been already taken by uh, anybody else. And and guess what? It has. Um, and so if we were to <laughs> utilize NCH, we just might get some passing traffic and miss Googles from people looking for NCH Europe, a global leader in wastewater treatment management, um, which does seem <laughs> quite apt given the amount of shit that we do talk. Boom, boom. <laughs> you can put a ding in there, Scott. Uh, <laughs> most interestingly, NCH also stands for the National Council of Hypnotherapy. Obviously. And so it seems entirely fitting, therefore, that, and with that click, anyone listening to my voice henceforth is compelled to purchase my book, Ciderology by Gabe Cook, every single time they hear me say, Ciderology. Ciderology. Now, uh, hopefully that should help with uh, a decent chunk of stock that's still left in the warehouse. Anyway, enough of my slightly morally dubious uh, sales tactics, bringing light and joy uh, and some giggling laughter to the affairs of my very good friends and obviously fellow denizens of the Neutral Cider Hotel, or sorry, NCH, which are obviously Mr. Martin Goodwin-Sharman and Hello. Grant Hutchison. Hooray! Hello. NCH for life, people. Oh, no, that is not cool AF. That's the next <laughs> tattoo. That's not <laughs> cool AF. NCH cool AF. That's dried me up, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, took, it took something as simple as that. So, um, how are we? Are we, are we well? How's, the, how's, how's life? Sorry, that's that's quite that's quite a deep philosophical question, isn't it? Really, it's it's, it's a bit heavy this for this early in the show. We haven't got onto spiders or anything yet, so um, <laughs> yet. Oh dear, yet plenty of time, plenty of time for the arachnids or indeed any other uh, invertebrate. I'm not really sure where we're going this. Let's bring it back to the world of cider, Martin. I know that you've been you've been blending once again. You do a lot of blending, don't you? Where have you been? Uh, down Pelton again, uh, and today wasn't blending. It was packaging, uh, racking because the uh, Keeve and the horse is not coming out for this. If, if you've heard this show, you know what it is by now. But um, the Keeve, the, the horse is still asleep. Don't yes. worry, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the Keeve from this harvest has uh, started. Um, so to um, kind of 
ensure that the nutrients are low and the yeast aren't that active. It's uh, racked and filtered quickly at this stage. So today was moving a lot of intensely aromatic cider uh, from one shed to another. Um, not by hand, but uh, it was definitely fun. Um, Grant, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to this week. I know that um, as you, you've you've got more cider as part of the portfolio. Tell us about uh, Rebel Root down in down in West Sussex. Yes, yep, Rebel Root, uh, made by uh, Tom, um, who 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 makes juice primarily, or, or that's what he started doing. Wobblegate, I think it's called, right? Yes, um, yeah. That's right. Uh, so he he's made some cider. Um, so it's you know, uh, East County style. So it's high acidity, very low tannins. Uh, there are four different varieties. Uh, there's still ciders, kind of kind of in the in the region of of a Spanish cidra, um, in style. Um, and fantastic in my opinion. There's there's two. Two that they're same called Outsider or Outsider, um, 2016, 2017. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> and how, great, how, how great is it that it's being sold by another uh, word pun based company, Restock? <laughs> yeah. So it was, a, it was a marriage made in in Apple Heaven. <laughs> um, so, oh, so that's, but this is really interesting to be able to get. You know, someone who's only got four uh, different bottlings at the moment for two of those to be the same cider from a different vintage. Uh, I recommend every time you buy one, you actually buy them both. Um, of course, you would. You're selling them. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping for people to not for people to think that I was talking not as a salesman there, but but as as a as an enthusiast only uh, and. Uh, I genuinely think it's a really interesting um, way to to uh, to kind of um, expand your 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 cider uh, knowledge yeah, and experience by, by by going straight in there with with two from from different years, especially because um, they've gone through malolactic fermentation as well. Which again, the horse has been out many times for that. So go back and listen if you want to know what that is. Um, so, so yeah, all the, there four of them are super interesting, very exciting, um, and available in most good Scottish cider shops and on Scrattings as well. Of um, course. What are the um, vintages of the two different ones? Do you know? Sixteen and seventeen. I think wow. I've had the seventeen, um, but you know, I've, de- I've definitely had one. I just can't. I don't know why I asked. I don't know the date. <laughs> What are the dates? I can't remember what they are. Very good, thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there are only I think the, the bottles are they're all numbered um, up to uh, a thousand. So there's a pretty small, uh, small batch. Um, well, in in the grand scheme of things, and there's lots of people that mm. make smaller batch than that. But but yeah, so that that's been added, and uh, some little Pomona releases as well. Um, strangely for them, five at a time. Yeah, go big or go home. <clears throat> yeah, so you you can you can find all of them in normal places as well. I'm not going to go through each one of those, um, also, but they're all very interesting. 
just to give uh, people at home that don't make cider a kind of insight, usually this period now is just an onslaught of um, harvesting, pressing apples. So the fact that it's been like five releases all in one go, not only is it odd to have five in one go anyway, but at this time it's just like, what the fuck here now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well, and also we'll maybe mention one that, that I think is particularly interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Disco Nouveau. Ooh. Um, because it's um, it's a cider that's been made from this year's harvest, um, which is pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I guess it's it's in in homage to um, Beaujolais Nouveau, um, the 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 wine. Um, what style would you say? I don't know. I don't, um, that, that's that's pressed fermented released pressed in august uh released on the th- the third thursday in mm-hmm. november uh, every so. year and there's always a big scramble with wine geeks to get hold of them and um mm-hmm. james and susanna did that with cider so i think we're going to be tasting it on a future episode so look we will yeah. Ooh, we're looking forward to that got mine downstairs already um, also, oh, uh, Outsider 2016 is the one I've had. I just checked in that little bit. Well, there you go. <laughs> is it? Oh, thanks, for being, thanks. Thanks, thanks for being accurate, Martin. We like that. There you go. Um, I've been um, doing some research for my for my new book coming in 2021, Modern British Cider, the follow-up to Ciderology <laughs> by, now, by Gabe Kirk. <laughs> Remember the hypnotherapy. Um, You're back and- in the room. And um, so part of that research was around um, titles and named and, and descriptors. And I came across something quite interesting, which was an article written by um, uh, an, an IP uh, lawyer actually in South Africa who's come across uh, uh, an example um, of sort of trade descriptions and trademarking within within CIDR and is citing uh, Thatcher's Katie as an example. Ah, yes. Um, you know, so if if we say, for example, the, with the example with wine is that winemakers are not allowed to trademark, you know, Pinot Noir or Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc because it is a description of the product, it's a description of the goods, mm-hmm. and that should be allowed and open for anybody to to utilize. I tried I tried trademarking bread and it didn't work. It's funny that, isn't it? That um, you couldn't find it so supremely unique. You have bread. <laughs> I want bread. <laughs> funny um, to, to name your cider, or no? Just <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it would maybe it would stand out. It's a bit uh, yeasty. I don't know. Yeah, I thought I'd rig the system and like get some cash every time someone made bread, but apparently you can't. So, damn it. Um, Coming back to my story, Martin, (laughs) hijacker. Back to my real, actual story. (laughs) (laughs) It's related to Um, Sanita. (laughs) The article, because because Thatchers have a trademark on their brand, Katie, which they've had the trademark on that for a number of years. And it's it's an exploration as to whether... Whether they are entitled to do so, there's, there's, they they have the trademark, and so anybody currently who who produces a cider that's called Katie, uh, Thatchers are legally entitled to to challenge that. Mm. Um, the the question is whether they should have been given. 
the trademark in the first place. Apparently, in order for a trademark to be uh, achieved, there needs to be something distinctive and differentiated from other people's products and should not be solely descriptive of the goods. And so if this is, if the cider is made from Katie apples and the cider maker wants to call it Katie, then really they should be allowed to mm-hmm. do so because it's a description of the goods rather than the brand name. But they, but Thatchers do hold the brand. And, you know, it's something that's important to ensure that doesn't happen, I think, for other varieties like Dabinet or Yarlington Mill because they should be, you know, for everybody to utilize. Yeah, I think that's... That's pretty unfair that Thatchers have this uh, copyright mm. copyright on a on an apple variety. Well, it's 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 not that they've got it on the apple variety. It's 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 the product, and this, and, no. and and therein lies the, the the challenge is that you 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 really technically you shouldn't be able to have a trademark that is a term that is the descriptor in this case the apple variety that that goes into it. So yeah. Well, Gabe, uh, no need to hypnotize him because every listener's fucking asleep. <laughs> so, Grant, Grant, one more thing. What have you been up to? Where's the uh, what? What? What cool thing did you do? I did. I did as well. Something I spoke about <laughs> on a previous episode before it happened, but the uh, the Salford Beer Festival, uh, the independent Salford Beer Festival, which this year was uh, virtual, was online. Uh, they did a. Uh, had a cider tasting that I uh, uh, curated and, and hosted. Well, I hadn't hosted it. There was uh, the wonderful Charlie Hooson Sykes, who's the the lady Sybil on social media, hosted it. Um, I paired some ciders with some music. Uh, had a had a jolly good fun time uh, tasting and listening to some some tunes. The 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 if anyone is interested, the the playlist is on Spotify. Um, and all the ciders are available. All good, um, good cider shops for you to buy if you want to drink along or just listen to it. It's, I think it's called Salford Beer Festival. Probably put it in the show notes or something like that. Um, just more work for me. I know. <laughs> um, but the, the best, the best thing, the best thing about this this beer festival was that uh, it it was a fundraiser for for a, um, a mental health charity, a local mental health charity in Salford called Start Inspiring Minds, um, and they raised seven thousand pounds. Um, yes, Boy, awesome. well done. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, well done. So yeah, I just wanted to say congrats to Jim who organised it, and and as always, thanks to Kath and Dick for for their support of me and for putting me forward for to do it and uh, helping facilitate it and organise it. So yeah, and well done, Jim. It was it was a great thing to be part of, and oh, um, yeah, and we had some <clears throat> some some really cracking ciders and some lovely music. I'll tell you what, that's not only impressive as a total, it's impressive in the face of all of this, like lockdown and everything. Yeah. Like to do that online is fucking insane. Yeah. So just just from hearing that number, that's like, fuck, well done, guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he did right. You can, if if you go onto the, onto their website, uh, sulfurbeerfest.com forward slash news, uh, Jim's kind of written um written a little, a little post about about it uh called washing up and moving forward um and sort of mentions times where he doubted his sanity and taking on uh, such a thing and <laughs> the logistics <laughs> were a nightmare and um but 
but yeah, it was great. It, it went really well, and it was a great thing to be part of, and um, and just yeah, just some some lovely people and nice to you know share some drinks with some people and and listen to some music and feel like you were uh, somewhat closer to socialising again um, in a normal way. So yeah, well done to everyone involved. It was awesome. Well, good on you for getting involved too, my friend. Excellent. Well, there we go. Nice to finish on a slightly positive note rather than doom and gloom, which is never a good thing. So (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) I was just going to say, come on, Martin, give us something. I'll actually, I'll actually uh, sort of uh, unveil some smoke and mirrors, but I, uh, I spoke to my dad just before uh, we started recording guys. And, um, I was saying, oh, I'm, I'm cooking dinner. I've got to rush uh, to this podcast. And he went, what? there was one released yesterday. I was like, yeah, they're actually recorded <laughs> in advance. <laughs> but he was uh, uh, jokingly like, is it not live? Oh, bless. Uh, and he said, um, he, I, I said, yeah, no. And he was like, I'm just up to the uh, bit where Fred Durst messaged you. Uh, so that isn't real. And I was like, well, <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I think that was like hyperbole. Like, it just I made up a story, uh, and he was like, "Oh no, I thought it was just like riffing." I was like, "What specific?" <laughs> like, I was like, "No, Dad, Fred does really message me," and he also said, "Can you not swear as much in the podcast?" So. <clears throat> well, uh, dare I say, <laughs> on that bombshell, it's time. <laughs> to move on to this week's news. Okay, now here at Neutral Cider Hotel, it's time to have a review of the hard-hitting news stories of the week. Let's see what we've got. There's no news. No news. Uh, yeah, there's no news. No, no news. No, there's no news. Are you, you're going to use them all, aren't you, Scott? I might just use them all, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to use them all. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I, haven't, I haven't laughed that much since Martin did the, uh, the, ah. the, the cock and ball story. That was, no, that was, that was unbelievable. <laughs> So there we go. That was this week's hard-hitting news. It's now time to go on to our interview. Let's see who we're chatting with this week. So now here at the Neutral Cider Hotel, we're on to the interview. And this week, it's um, it's a fun one. Uh, a background in selling big booze and with an entrepreneurial uh, spirit led uh, Simon Wright to establish Hawks in East London back in 2013. With the mission then and still now to utilize unwanted donated apples and to showcase a different kind of cider ethos to its rural contemporaries, Hawks has always had a slightly modern and feather-ruffling attitude, it would be fair to say. But purchased by BrewDog, in 2018, and now with Simon exploring pastures new, new opportunities, Hawks enters a new phase, one headed up by tonight's guest. 
With eight years of climbing the ranks at BrewDog and previously overseeing its global marketing, crowdfunding, and community growth, she now has the opportunity to spearhead one of the key cider makers in these incredibly challenging but equally exciting times. Ladies and gents, welcome Sarah Woman. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Sarah, welcome to the Neutral Cider Hotel and also welcome to the wonderful world of cider. It's fair to say that you're a, you're a bit of a noob, aren't you? This is your, your, I am your, 100% noob. Haven't spent so much time in cider yet. And this is, I think, quite an interesting insight and opportunity for the likes of myself to learn and understand someone such as yourself from a, you know, a progressive beer background. Um, what are some of the interesting and immediate sort of differences that you're starting to notice between beer and cider? Mm, great question. Um, it's a really interesting thing to come into, actually, because I think a lot of people on the outside might think, actually, you know, craft beer, craft cider, maybe you can kind of just pull a lot of audience from one across to the other, but I really don't see it that way. Um, I think it's a lot more complicated than that. So um, I think in terms of audience, um, I think the the cider drinker can come from a, a wide variety of different places. And, you know, obviously there's, a, there's a, an incredible following for cider in the UK already and beyond overseas as well. Um, but then, you know, we're located on the Bermondsey Beer Mile, so we we very much appreciate that beer drinkers do have <laughs> a tendency to want to try different things. So we do have a lot of opportunity to introduce ourselves to lots of beer drinkers down there. But likewise, you know, there'll be lots of folks who come from spirits and come from from wine, and they want to try something else. And and cider can really offer that. It's um it's super diverse in terms of the, the palates, and um, then it can sort of entertain. So um from an audience perspective, I think it's it's an, there's an incredible opportunity there to just kind of reach out to lots of different people. And I get told off for using the word, but I feel like Hawks is a bit of an infiltrator in the beer mile at the moment. So <laughs> kind of just like set up with our apples and we're like, hey, guys, um, you like beer? You might like this stuff, too. Um, but I think there's an opportunity to kind of do that um, into, into sort, of, sort of other verticals within drinks as well. And then in terms of the actual product itself. I'm not going to school everyone on the difference between apples and hops. Um, but um, obviously there's a huge difference between how the two, two products are made, but equally they have a lot of sort of similarities in terms of um, the complexity and the opportunity for kind of building on a really very, very old heritage in terms of the history of beer, the mm -hmm. history of cider, how it's been produced traditionally for millennia. Um, and now there's an opportunity for, 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 for sort of a wide range of, of breweries and cideries to kind of take their new spin on on the, the sort of the classics. So I think that's what Hawks really excels at is, is really taking that kind of traditional base and doing something fun and new with it um, and kind of seeing how many new people we can kind of bring into the world of cider. Awesome. You've got a you've got a pretty fantastic team already sort of bedded in down there um, on on Druid Street, the likes of um, of Theo and Max and and and, and Rad and Co. You know, there's already there's already been a track record of some creative, fun, bold, uh, pioneering different ciders, whether that be just straight up apple with the influence of of, of utilization of barrel or with, dare I say, other flavors, which just to mm -hmm. some to some of the traditionalists uh, <laughs> might be seen as a touch heresy. Luckily, you're in uh, the company of uh, progressive uh, and enlightened people here. Well, just about. And we then, deal in the, heresy. The, the neutral <laughs> we side can't of call <laughs> ourselves enlightened. <laughs> can, can we not? Why not? Why can't we call us? So, that's not cool AF at that's all, mate. That's not cool that's AF. <laughs> well, you can R R U N N O F T. Anyway, um, 
that was from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which I watched the other week. Anyway, uh, slightly, nice. slightly uh, spurious link. Niche. Yeah, niche. <laughs> niche. Thank you. <laughs> Most of Gabe's things are. Yes, yes, yes including the book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Cyberology by Gabe Cook. Now, now, Grant and Martin, you're both laughing at me, but I know for a fact that Sarah has a copy of Cyberology by I Gabe Cook. I do. Yeah. I do. Is it signed, it Sarah? Um, it is, but not to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even better. Oh, I've got a hand-me-down. Nothing better oh, than a hand-me-down. Uh, well, uh, uh, Sarah, I would be very happy to provide you with your own copy of Ciderology by Gabe Cook. Don't worry. You can, uh, you can get or that. Or scribble out whoever's and, name it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I quite like the, w- the words you use, um, infiltrate it, because it kind of in, in many ways, that's... I kind of get the feeling that's where Cider's position or, or, or the the point that Cider has to come from, um, let's say from a pub perspective, and Martin is definitely the person to speak more about pubs here, but just trying to get um, Cider into pubs is a really, really challenging thing. Um, even, in, even into free houses, you know, just to try, trying to, um, you know, put forward the the proposal and the opportunity that cider isn't just mm-hmm. a singular thing, but it, it is a drink like beer of which there are multiple different interpretations and styles and so many yeah. intricacies that I think that kind of infiltrator, I, I, I think that plays for sort of cider across the board. What, you know, what's your, you know, what's kind of Brewdog's aspiration for for hawks you know what are what are the opportunities what's the what's the what's the you know reaching for the for the sky kind of thing that 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 has the potential here um i think we just we just really want to grow cider so i i think the more that we can do like hawks is in a unique position whereby we're placed in london so we have the ability to reach a lot of people very very quickly so we kind of have we have an obligation to kind of utilize that position to to really explode the category as much as we can possibly achieve because obviously the the majority of the the incredible cideries across the country are located in quite difficult to reach areas so they're not as easy to get to and the more that we can expose a lot of that industry through our our tap room on druid street um, and also the brewdog bars of which we now have 150 worldwide no way um, wow. i know <laughs> it's a bit mad is it 150 it's about 100 yeah it's about 150 it's mad it's a lot of bars um we're about to open our new bar in shanghai as well just after a pandemic which i don't think anyone was expecting but um we also launched um a huge um new um on-site tap from our, our brewery in aberdeen um throughout lockdown as well and it's been absolutely killing it so yeah there's still massive opportunity for for the on trade there in in parts but you know it's a, it's an exceedingly difficult time at the moment but going back to your question in terms of sort of our, our aspirations you know growing the category doing what we can to sort of open eyes to the the sort of the the wide world of cider is, is absolutely what we're about and and taking those innovative spins that some might see as you know blasphemous um but that's absolutely <laughs> what we stand for you know doing something a bit different um just getting people angry as well as getting them excited is is, is absolutely the way we're going to play it so um that's kind of that's our vibe that's what we're that's what we're striving for more people drinking cider more taps of cider yeah my goals <laughs> do you do you see a, a point um in in the, the off trade in on retail side in supermarkets where cider shelves can can reach the point that craft beer shelves are at just now where they're you know alongside uh carling and stella and fosters uh is you know 
cans of um, independent brewers beers do you think cider can get there as well I don't see why not. I think it's going to be a, a long journey. I don't think it's something that can happen overnight. Um, and I do think that it, it starts with the change in perception. So I don't necessarily think it's something that will start with the retailers. We've got to change the mindset because otherwise there just won't be that that draw from people. And I think, you know, much like beer had this kind of, you know, drink 10 pints of lager, tick Saturday night off your to-do list. That That's what it used to be. Um, and it's taken a long time for, to, for beer to get away from that. But look where it is now. And with cider, I think, like you were saying before, like there tends to be an apple tap and maybe a second tap. Like that's kind of how the on-trade works at the moment. And the more that we can do to kind of encourage venues to kind of expand on that. Um, we're taking quite a sort of a, a slightly slowly slowly approach whereby we're we're kind of reducing down our core range a little bit to then expand out the npd a little bit more so that we can really focus on right these are our core products um you know it's a it's an apple cider and then two um flavored ciders give these a whirl nothing too kind of like mind bending but then our our npd will absolutely be much more sort of complex and and running throughout the year with much more kind of crazy insane stuff so that if you do come across hawks then you've got that opportunity to kind of explore a little bit further and um we hosted cider arbor um last year um which was our cider festival and we're looking at um obviously it didn't go ahead this year um but we're looking at uh, the opportunity to sort of revive that in 2021 um and kind of just create that sort of platform to engage people with the the wide world of cider in a cool way that that just encourages people to explore um and find out a bit more and just open their minds to to what what's out there and and how far you could take cider and that it's not just it's not just strongbow. It's not just snake bite. You know, there's more to it than that. And I think there's, there's a great opportunity to kind of, you know, un, un, unopen that world to everyone. Definitely. Yeah. The Ciderama, I was, um, I was at the event um, in, in 2019. Gosh, that seems just the longest time ago. Uh, and you're absolutely right. The, th- the, the element of that, the, uh, well, there were two elements that I really enjoyed. One was the um, the fact that there were so many uh, international cider makers, and it was sort of you know uh, a reaching hand out to, especially to the USA. It's, it's such a it's such yeah. a, uh, um, a a fitting kind of like uh, compatriot. I'm trying to find the right word to bring over because you know the, the, the way that the USA approaches cider is in a modern and a, and a contemporary way, and less yeah. burdened with kind of heritage and tradition, which plays into the second bit was that it was you know presented in a modern, urban, contemporary way, which is obviously what. Um, you know, Hawks, the attitude and the ethos is all about. But um, I'm currently uh, researching my my second book, Modern British Cider, the follow up to Ciderology by 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 me. I'd not heard about that. Why not? Yeah, not. <laughs> it's a riveting read, especially if you get your your own signed copy. So in in the post in the morning. Um, and you know, I, I say I'm doing lots. I'm doing lots of um, research and lots of conversations right now. And something that is coming up is is around if cider because you know the, the the data shows that um that less than 50 percent of of the uk this is uk the uk population ever drinks cider the majority of people in this country will never purchase a cider currently and you know i'm trying to sort of tease and understand tease apart and understand exactly what's kind of going on there um but i do have the um i do have the feeling that Part of that is because cider is is viewed, and it's all about viewpoint and perception as being something that is 
you know, old fashioned or, or rural or, or traditional or, or doesn't relate to a younger urban consumer. Um, and so ciders in terms of, you know, the liquid is just part of it. So maybe maybe not being quite so um, deeply phenolic or kind of funky and maybe being a bit more fresh or clean, possibly for a part of the population, but also about the mm-hmm. way that the product is presented and the way that it communicates as being to to this kind of consumer. Is this something that, that, that you think is kind of true and something that is going to be, you know, uh, a, a continuing drive of, of your activity? No need to buy the book anymore. That's the introduction hell, done. Chapter two, yeah. Sorry, Sarah, I cut you off, but uh, fuck off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just transcribe it, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll write my own before you get there. Yeah, well, yeah, just, 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 just listen to Neutral Cider Hotel enough and I will have actually verbatim r- read out the old book and the new. You're probably right, actually. <laughs> um, I'll answer the question. Um, <laughs> please, please do, for the... <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. So I think, you know, liquid we've definitely sort of covered. I think, you know, 100% we do, we do need to make sure that it's it's accessible. And the, the insane, quite offensively scary tannic stuff can be quite off-putting if that's your first sort of foray into cider. But very few people are going to come across that as their first sort of um, entry-level cider. So um, I, I'm hoping that's not really putting people off at the moment. But I do think, you know, I'm a Kentish girl. So, you know, I grew up with with the the ciders from, from that part of the country, which are mm. probably a little bit more palate-friendly, generally speaking, which is why I ended up massively regretting that time I drank three pints of Biddenden cider, which was about 8.6% when I was 18. Um, <laughs> but that was many moons ago. <laughs> Um, and um, hell, mate. And, uh, <laughs> and now I'm much more into you know drinking carefully and enjoying what I'm what I'm enjoying. So um, I think definitely with with the packaging as well, I think you're onto something there. So we're we're currently looking at um, the whole sort of Hawks brand identity, and I think we've kind of probably over the years fallen into a bit of a trap of trying to look like a look like craft beer but insider to try and kind of like fill that gap so we're just trying to sort of refresh that a little bit at the moment and give it a bit of a new lease of life that is much more contemporary much more um stands out against both cider and beer and kind of like just holds its own just as something that is quite cool looking um but also is it resonates as a drink and so that's definitely something we're looking at at the moment and i think you know there are some really cool interesting sort of packaging um designs out there in cider but it could probably do with lightening up a little bit in some areas so i think you know there's definitely space for, for new producers to come in um and you know do their own spin on on both liquid and packaging so yeah it's it's everything to play for as far as i'm concerned Nice. The um the packaging that I loved was I I had a bottle um Theo actually sent it to me of the uh, baby shambles um, yeah that was banging well I I commented on it he posted it and I was like mate what the fucking yes that that's what <laughs> cider should look like kind of thing and he sent it to me and I, I honestly adored it um and I posted it and I think uh, to be blunt uh I brought up the kind of brew dog link with Hawks because for a lot of beer people it's like it's an odd one because uh, ciders intrinsically for a lot of people it's small artisanal makers doing a small thing Mm -hmm. and they're usually one-man bands and from the looks of it it's almost like a big multinational 
massive company like Brewdog has bought into these uh, this cidery, uh, like how would you talk to people that don't necessarily like Brewdog, but you want them to drink Hawks? So I, I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of people who will come across Hawks and could be interested in Hawks will not give a shit about Brewdog. They probably ha- like half of them haven't even heard of Brewdog. Most of them probably don't even drink beer. So it's really not, it's just a non-issue to them. Like it's just not something that's relevant to them. Um, so for those people, it's just, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, and it's not something that, you know, ultimately it means that they can, they can find cider where they live. So, um, it's not really an issue. I think for the people who, um, don't like Brewdog, I'm not really sure what to say about them. Like there's always going to be that audience of people who aren't sort of super keen on Brewdog because it is a polarizing brand um, and a business. But I think, you know, ultimately like we're not, we're not going to be starting to kind of be like, you know, defending the fact that we've bought um, Hawks as a business because that's not really the point of it. The whole point of it was because we recognized that we could do cool stuff mm. in other beverage um, verticals such as, um, distilling. So we, we opened a distillery within our own brewery up in Aberdeen. So we, we have, um, Brewdog Distilling Company, but we tried making our own cider and we weren't very good at it. So ultimately <laughs> we ended up, it's <laughs> oh, true. So we spoke to Simon, um, met Simon and, you know, he was like, you guys can take Hawks where I want it to go. So it, mm. it was kind of just like a partnership that really worked for, for both parties. It enables Hawks to have that kind of, um, scalability that it really didn't have on its own. Yeah. Yeah that it really needs as well in terms of what it, what its sort of ambitions were at the time. Um, and those have definitely kind of lived on in terms of the brand and where we want to take it. Um, but it also means that, that Brewdog can still get involved in, in, in more stuff that it naturally didn't have that, that capacity to be good at. So, um, yeah, you know, we've all learned over the past couple of years in terms of having cider within our business and, you know, Gabe's kind of been involved in that. Um, and helping to sort of support um, our, our teams just learning a bit more about cider and being more advocates um, when when you're behind the Brewdog bar, like actually talking to people about cider in, in a much more enlightening way, which we probably didn't have before. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing a fantastic job of, of involving more people in the cider fold by having them in the Brewdog fold in the first place. So, you know, to the guys who don't like Brewdog, we're probably not going to change their minds. So there's probably not too much you know, sleep we're going to lose over that. To the rest of everyone else, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of encourage more people to kind of join um, both cider and craft beer from both sides. So yeah, I think it's, I just think it's a great opportunity on both sides, really. I mean, you, you even, Martin, you sort of said yourself that with the baby shambles, you were, you kind of approached it, you know, but you sort of... You didn't want to like it, did you? Yeah, that's it. And I I feel like maybe there's, maybe with insider, with cider, there's, I think, you know, even if someone felt that way and they drank it and it was good, they'd go, well, shit, that's good. You know, does it matter? Yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I think for me looking at the the, the model, the way it's set up, I, I sort of compare it to the Angry Orchard uh, situation in, in New York, which they've got, they've got their, uh, their urban orchard release whatever I can't remember what it's called, but the the bottle that goes everywhere that's in in all the taps in the bar rooms, the bars, you know, it, and it allows Ryan, the part of the Walden project, to do more interesting things like single varieties and um and do collaborations with Tom Oliver and things like that. And I think for me, as long as that side of Hawks is still there, and I think you said earlier that that's still part of the plan, um, 
you know, reduce your core range, but hopefully you're still going to have these interesting releases. Tons of them, yeah. We've got a long list. Yeah, we've got a long list that we were sort of mapping out today in terms of just creating the jigsaw that is the calendar of our um, NPD and sort of small batch stuff. So we're going through that tomorrow and then we've, we've got we've got quite a lot of single varieties to come out next year, which is really exciting. Um, and hopefully we can use that not only as an opportunity to just create some great cider, but also a great educational piece as well. So you can definitely liken that to kind of like the single hop varieties that you get released in beer that do a great job of kind of just getting people to think about how those different ingredients can actually really influence the outcome of a product and so yeah some cool single varieties and then um lots of other cool blends that we've got coming up that that could be quite um different and maybe challenging in some ways and then um also, we've got our barrel project, so the Bermondsey Barrels. Um, we're barrel aging a bunch of stuff at the moment. We've got one coming out in the next few weeks, which could be quite a cool kind of Christmas gift for someone who you might know who maybe is into their drink, but maybe you're just at a loss as to what to buy them because you've already bought them a bottle of Eagle Rare and something funky from, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Cantillon or whatever. Um, so it gives you something else there. Um, and we've also got a really cool thing that we're, we're working on at the moment, which is... Um, a couple of ciders aged on grape skins from Renegade Winery in East London. So also focusing on those kind of urban uh, producers and kind of just the melding of minds and how we can take a waste product from them and do something cool with it. So we've got a couple of, we've got a Chardonnay and a Nero de Troyer um, grape skin aged ciders. So currently kind of figuring out how to kind of package them in a cool way um, and get people to like sort of pick those up and, and try something a bit different as well. So yeah, absolutely trying lots of weird and funky stuff some that might be a little bit more cerebral and quite kind of um you know challenging on the palate and then some stuff that might just be a little bit more kind of you know just fun and interesting and um easy to get to grips with but definitely has kind of a value in terms of that educational piece or just entertainment um with the uh wine collab my advice for packaging is don't handwrite a poem and put it on the label. <laughs> <laughs> um but going back to the uh, are you speaking from experience yes very yes. much okay. um but uh going back to the single variety i had a um a discover i think yeah discovery single variety from you guys the other day mm-hmm. uh and it was fucking banging um and it I, I think you guys are in a good position with the link to beer and especially in the beer market, ignoring the brew dog link, but the, the position of your tap room mm-hmm. in that uh, single varieties. And we've discussed it on here. The language insider is still quite a loss to be cohesive for the whole thing, yeah. even for people in the know. But if you can, you guys have got a kind of good leg up in it. If you can kind of present those to people that are used to, like you say, a single hop, uh citra like learning about hops from that you've got a good advantage of teaching people about the uh benefits of those um but naturally with uh single varieties you're kind of beholden to what grows around you usually but are you guys bringing in from different regions or is it like oh cool any any specifics um it's all over really so um we've got some stuff down in somerset we've got a few in hereford we've got some stuff coming from kent as well Um, and then obviously with our with the apple donors project we create stuff that is you know an amalgamation of a broad variety of different things Mm. um but they also offer us a great opportunity for us to they're not single varietals, but we are looking at creating um, a kind of a vertical tasting of different 
um, apple donor. Um, so just in terms of the apple donors, um, just for, for any of the listeners, um, we um, we encourage people to send us um, their um, unloved apples once a year and then we make it into a cider, basically. So we take, um, you know, apples from urban orchards across the UK, from people's gardens, from streets, wherever you send them to us and we send you cider as a thank you. And then we, we produce cider off the back of that. So um, we're looking at producing, um, historically, it's been This Is London Cider, which is the product that we'd make. But now we're looking at doing maybe like a, This Is Bristol, This Is Manchester, This Is Leeds, like if we can, if we can find, because um, obviously we can track where everyone sent us, sent us the apples from. So we're just figuring out the volumes at the moment to kind of section out the country and create those varietals that are specific to regions across the UK, which doesn't necessarily focus specifically on an apple, but may help us kind of talk about terroir and how that does influence kind of um the different um flavors that you might get in those different apples we might make them all and they might all taste the same (laughs) (laughs) i think that's i think that's highly unlikely so it's a great opportunity for us to you know just talk about something different again if only there were bars in those regions that you could if sell. If only, <laughs> imagine what an opportunity that would be. Will 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 oh, we wait. will we maybe see Hawks tap rooms appearing elsewhere? I'd or love are we to just, do that. Is it yeah. just all going to go through Brewdogs? No, it's obviously through we we have distribution through all Brewdog bars at the moment. So all of those venues will all have Hawks on tap um, and packaged where applicable. Um, but in terms of um, tap rooms, um, not something that I think I'm going to be able to justify the spend and an investment in <laughs> right now. <laughs> not top of my list, but definitely I've definitely been kind of like keeping an eye on what are the key areas across the UK and also internationally where there might be an opportunity to kind of um, make our mark with with something that is really focused on cider. But I think we have to dial in what we do at the tap room first to mm. use that as a blueprint. So first step will just be to absolutely make that the destination for cider in, in London, which it probably is at the moment anyway, but just really sort of amplifying that and making it an incredible experience where you can take the tours and really immerse yourself in cider and we can represent UK cider as well. So it's not just about us. It's about, you know, where we've come from, what we've learned um, and also where we think we're going as well. You, you, I think, I think you nailed a really important thing there, which is that, you know the 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 the, the Hawks uh, tap room on, on Drew Street is the cider. It's the place to go and chase a range of, of more contemporary kind of ciders, but also it's the it's the cider venue. So many so many things have happened there. It's always been such a, a welcoming space that's hosted. You know, dare I say. Book launches such as Ciderology by Gabe Cook. Oh, Full juice. I thought you were going to say Susanna Forbes' uh, Cider Insider, which was a great book launch I went to there. And <laughs> Susanna Forbes' fantastic Cider Insider, the 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 another cider book that came out in 2018 as well. Actually, was it 2019? <laughs> anyway, another great cider we'll, book. We'll that's have came a out we'll recently. have a different ding for that one then, Scott. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and this is so you know this this part of the fairly you know collaborative cider cider is small I, you know i know that the beer community is is fairly small and cohesive cider is even smaller as i suspect you're starting to find out fairly rapidly that everyone kind of like you know knows each other and and, and it kind of is what it is and what and what yeah. um and what hawks has has been fantastic at doing is is knowing and understanding that it's got this unique position of of where it is in london and to be able to facilitate 
um, and host these different sort of uh, events and activities. And I suppose it's a case, you know, I don't suppose that once we get back to a time when we can do these things, that hopefully that's not going to change and you're still going to be keen to, you know, promote the, you know, go teams. Books coming cider. out, yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just, just sort of, you know, all contributing towards Cider's kind of cause. Because you know, it really does feel that, we, and we've, we've talked about this individually and on the show here, that Cider, from a slightly UK perspective, US or, or our lovely US listeners, it's slightly different with you guys. Uh, but for the, for the UK, it's a slightly slower burn. And we're starting to build to really quite an interesting point where, it could kick off a little bit and it's all relative compared to beer. But in terms of... <laughs> That's and, the most British thing to hear if they're an American. It could kick off a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Come bit. on, come on, come on. Let's, let's, not, let's not go too crazy. Let's be calm, measured. About we might spill yes. a oh little God. bit of Oh my cider. God, it's happening. <laughs> Can you feel a mild uh, increase in the temperature? You know, the British way is that there's a slight... Something, something is happening, um, and you know it, it just it seems like a really, really exciting time. And so, from everything that you're kind of describing in terms of the, your individual, you know, a, approach to you know what the opportunity with Hawks is and, and what the plans are, it just seems really exciting to me. And hopefully, you know, that everyone sort of getting together and pushing just to get just to get side of viewed uh, and consumed as as the fantastic drink that we all know there can be. 100% yeah I totally agree um and um I, I think one thing to be wary of is just beware of the bubble so I, I think definitely in beer and probably inside it too you do have to be very conscious that there are people who kind of live their entire lives in these in these sort of drinks bubbles and and they don't necessarily always see outside of that so I think and I, I like how Martin's leaning away from the mic like <laughs> I'm not part of that <laughs> I'm in all the bubbles <laughs> <laughs> so you know there's certain people who i do have to temporarily mute on twitter just because i just can't stand to hear kind of like negative infighting that you do get within these industries but that's it's like the same with anything like you you end up in a bit of an echo chamber if you only listen to the people who think the same as you the whole time so if mm. we're going to grow cider we really do have to kind of encourage people from outside of the existing bubble to come into it because otherwise it's, it's just going to stagnate so um making it accessible and making it something that people can get into because it is welcoming and it is inclusive and it is representative is is really important and i think again has a responsibility there because we do live in a very diverse part of the country so to not represent that would be um what well, we would be neglecting where we come from really so um yeah i think i think there's there's a lot of work that we have to do there the uh, the bubble in beer is also like a it, it's a weird one in that um like I used to run a bottle shop and uh, I we used to talk about like chasing the hype beers and it would always mm. be like, what's on Instagram? Like you'd queue up on lists and all this and try to find out who was drinking what. And uh, you, you realize after about a month of doing it that um, a photo that's like, you need this beer immediately, um, you buy a case and that's 24 single servings of it. But yeah. always, uh, and maybe if they've already bought it somewhere else, it's one that they don't want again. Whereas, like, cores literally like uh, neck oil and pale fire and kernel table beer, you could sell for fucking days and you'd never see it on social. Um, yeah. Because people are like, well, that's what I always drink. And yeah. I think cider seems like an odd one for that as well, because there's definitely a lot of that. But also, yeah. 
people like I've I've drank a few bottles of the little Pomona table cider, but I mm. just haven't posted it again. Um, and I think a lot of people think uh, this year, especially that that's starting to happen in cider, where it's like there's FOMO finally, and it's like, well, kind of maybe, but also it's it's actually not actually moving that yeah, fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think for the people who work in the industry, you have to you have to just remain super conscious of that because otherwise you'll just fall you'll fall victim to that. And if you just continually try to push out new stuff all the time, you'll never create any traction because there's nothing for anyone to come back to you for except for new stuff, and you can't make consistently outstanding products again and again and again without having something kind of consistent to to really sort of support that so mm. i think from a commercial standpoint you do really have to be um, aware of that and and make sure that you are producing amazing flagship products that people do want to come back for and not necessarily watch instagram for the for the posts every time you release a new batch because it just won't happen but you know creating that hype when you've got fun stuff that actually creates that conversation and then use that as that springboard to kind of get that regular kind of engagement from from your flagship products i think that's that's definitely where you know most producers will be kind of approaching things and and if they're not and that that's definitely where i would suggest people sort of consider um revisiting their strategy um speaking of hype fun stuff cool stuff good shit what ciders do you love or have loved drinking like if you can name say uh two or three that you're like these are ones that i would recommend to our listeners so i had um elliot from uh, hawks gave me a can of um original sin black widow and Ooh, i was drinking shout. that on yeah that, i was drinking that on friday last week and it was absolutely banging i think that was one of the ones that's really kind of just got me really excited recently about amazing cider um i think also um i'll have to say turners just because they're in kent so yes. i think just their cider is great um, eight <laughs> percent exactly yeah like the strong ones from kent that's where i'd go and then i think you know biddenden definitely has its, its place in my heart as much as it you know did me one when i was 18 like i've, I've learned to learn how you drink a cider like that and it's it's um it's much more subtle so i come from a place in kent called cranbrook and cranbrook has an annual apple festival on um the 21st of october on, on apple day and it's um i've always thought it's, it's just a bizarre kind of thing but now i'm really coming <laughs> to kind of like realize what what the value of it is but it has it has themes like i don't know vikings and aliens or hippies and <laughs> whatever like cowboys like really bizarre that's, kind of that's, combos that's very cider or actually no, maybe that's just yeah, more bucolic um, kent i'm I not sure maybe more kent, yeah. kent. I'll, I'll just let kent take the rap for that one it's it's bizarre but now i'm kind of coming to kind of become quite kind of protective and adoring of that so um yeah i'm i'm very excited about my cider journey you know i i am a beer girl by trade um and I'm definitely sort of really excited about the new challenge of kind of immersing myself in cider and, and reading Gabe's books. Well, that's that's a great start. <laughs> and very happy to provide some training down the line. Another gratuitous plug. Thank you very much. Um, Sarah, <laughs> we're just about to, to run out of time. Um, I was going to ask the question that Martin did. So that's kind of scuppered me slightly there. So I'll ask something slightly different in terms of the 
you know you've been down at the the cidery for the last few weeks and these different apple these different apples that have come in are there any particular apple varieties that you have mm. um taken a little bit of a fancy to possibly there was one actually which i'm just going to sound like i'm completely biased now but we had the the first day that um that i i worked in the cidery actually i was working on the press so just getting a little bit more of experience of actually making cider mm. um we were pressing kentish kiss And I just thought it was an absolutely beautiful apple. And I I just really thought that was, it was delicious to eat. Um, But in terms of the actual um, cider itself and in terms of the final product, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Braeburn. Um, So personally speaking, those are some of my faves at the moment. Braeburn's an interesting one because I, uh, I lived in New Zealand for a few years. Yeah. Well, I don't like, I don't like to, (laughs) I don't like to eat apples. I know there is a, um, a, a slight weird juxtaposition there of like being a cider expert, not actually eating apples for fun. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke. <laughs> well, of course it is. You know me. Um, and uh, so when I lived in New Zealand, I made cider and I tried to make cider with Braben and I wasn't very good at it. Um, and what, you know, compounded that feeling of being a slight failure there was the fact that uh, um, uh, Roberta, who was cider maker uh, at, at Hawks uh, previously, um, demonstrated that with clever and very, very actual technical, great cider making skill, mm. ingenuity and utilization of specific kind of yeasts could make a really, really amazing cider, the sole trader, um, which I exactly. think, which I think kind of Hawks is like sort of signature cider, really that amazing, yeah. aromatic, anybody who's into a, you know, a Pinot Gris or Gewürztraminer of that kind of thing that that that's the kind of cider for you so good shout on the yeah. Braeburn it's not a it's not an easy one to make but if you've got the skill there we go so Sarah thank you very much for joining us here at the Neutral Cider Hotel we hope you've had a jolly good time and that the uh, the service was up to the requisite standard um, top notch top notch well could you would you put uh, would you do us a little uh, you know trip advisor to, to say that we were indeed top notch yes. that'd be greatly appreciated four stars beautiful drapes beautiful lovely drapes. carpet <laughs> <laughs> the bar apple, needs more hawks apple, Apple, <laughs> apple perfume in the air. So, potpourri. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. All the best to you and uh, good luck to you and the team down at Hawks. So they're finishing off the cider making. And uh, I, for one, am really excited to see what comes out of your place in 2021. And looking forward to visiting the tap room when, you know, life gets a little yeah, bit easier. Definitely. So, cheers Absolutely. to you, my friends. Take it easy. Thank you so thank much. You. See you all soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Also, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about uh, the cider making and also how to get the ciders, do check out www.wearehawks.com and it's at We Are Hawks on the socials. So every week here at the Neutral Cider Hotel, we undertake a tasting of a particular product and give our give our thoughts and opinions, the pros and the cons. Uh, but this week we're doing something slightly different. Martin, what are we going to be doing? Well, uh, first off, I want to say, uh, Scott, I want this to have loads of echo, delay or anything on it. But this game is called Supermarket Sweep. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so uh basically <laughs> basically we um 
we we spend a lot of time and a lot of the majority of this show talking about um, artisanal craft fine ciders, uh, sort of the, the higher end of it. And a question that comes up quite often uh, in circles that I'm in as well as online here is like, what's the difference between a standard cider and the ciders you're talking about? Um, and I just kind of wanted to play with that today and say like, uh, cider's accessibility is key. Um, but unlike beer, which is recipe led, the jump off from small cidery using full juice to mass market drinks, uh, makes it almost like a cliff edge. So just shall we see if we are snobs or if the regular stuff is up to snuff, um, and just get to it, try some of the supermarket stuff that's available for everyone to buy. Bang in. Yes, we should. Um, and I will also add, support local and shop small if you can. <laughs> but if you are on a budget, um, the world's going to shit. Don't judge other people for things that uh, are out of their control. And let's just see if these are good enough. We've gone through the supermarket, picked some stuff that we're going to try. And if it's good enough, you'll fucking know about it. And also, it's it's something that... Uh, might lead you on to the finer more craft yeah. more artisanal stuff as well there's no point in su- us suggesting to everyone that they go straight in for uh, something that 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 might be too challenging straight away um you know it's it, these, these we tried to kind of pick some supermarket ciders that uh well let's see let's mm. see what we think yeah yeah let <laughs> not everyone's gonna come when they drink the ridder straight away <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I hope not. <laughs> but but hopefully, guys, we make you come drinking some of these. So, uh, cider one, uh, fitting. It's uh, it's Hawks. It's the Urban Orchard. Here we go. This is uh, um, yeah. This is their their sort of flagship brand, isn't it? This is this is mm. the first brand that uh, that they sort of launched with, and you know, given the given their location southeast of England, and um, you know. This is the cider that, that I think maybe still does, or certainly did at the start, utilize the sort of the donated apple proportion. It's supposed to be more 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 acid driven. It's not a West Country style cider. It is a bit more uh, a bit more fresh and and acid driven. Um, it's been a little while since I tasted it. What do you think, James? Yeah. Well, um, I, I was just going to say a bit more about it, saying it's four point five percent, so definitely smashable. Um, Brayburn, Bramley, Gala, and Pink Lady are the varieties. So uh, do, well, I don't know why I needed to say I, it first. I was just reading. No, it. <laughs> but I think I think I was gonna I was gonna say the same. How I think it's really great that they've got all this information on the can. Uh, For sure, absolutely. The you know they've got uh, body texture, finish varieties, uh, target SG. So. Uh, are we Ooh, are we crikey. horsing around, yeah. Gabe? Yeah, I get, know. Get oh, are that. we horsing around? Yeah, get that. <laughs> <laughs> that was Thanks, the seal. It's no, inv- the seal Im- no imitation. <laughs> there she blows. Nah, nah, Target nah. specific gravity uh, SG. Interesting. Uh, I, I I think what the what they're acting specific gravity in this context, I think, is going to mean um, what is the final. Uh, quantity of sugar that's in mm-hmm. there um specific gravity being uh, a proxy for the uh, what well, is a measure of the density of the liquid and that most of that density does come from sugar 
Um, so what is the target SG? It's 1.011. 1. 1.011. You know, that's definitely um, medium of sweetness. You know, that's, that, that's, that's a decent chunk of sugar that's in there, um, getting down towards being a little bit sweeter. But then it's all about the balance and the perception with the amount of tannin or probably more, in this case, the amount of acidity. You know, if we've got something like Bramley in there, uh, that's a really, really high, you know, acidity cooking Apple Rayburn's got is, is quite low generally, and so the other ones will be quite low too. So this is going mm. to be a sessionable, probably quite easy drinking, and I don't necessarily mean that in a derogatory way. Uh, but it's not going to be overlaid with massive kind of complexity. Um, but yeah. hopefully, it's going to have some balance and some freshness. Maybe a little bit like the Scully that we tried a few weeks ago. So mm. let's see. Let's see what we think. Well, um, first off, uh, for Urban Orchard, um, Orchard's the first thing that comes on the nose. It's like Orchard Floor. It's like uh, Windfall Apples. It's got that kind of like slight, when you walk through uh, anywhere with apple trees and they're on the floor because uh, it's that season, you get that kind of slight musty ferments already happening. There's fruit, big skin, uh, grass character in there. Um, it's got a little bit of that kind of... Um, green citric note but it's it's basically very it sounds silly natural smelling it's very like picking apples off the floor smell yep yeah i mean you've, you've pretty much you've pretty much covered it really there's not much uh on the nose that, that uh, you, you didn't see mm. uh and and that's that's what we you would expect from uh from a can like this as you mentioned the scully uh, and and something that's presented a can four point five percent. You want to you want to get apple. You know you don't yeah, want to yeah. want to be fooled into into uh, thinking that it's something else. It plays differently when you're saying you want to get apple. It plays differently to the scully that we had because that was like just an eating apple. It was like crunching into one. Mm, whereas this mm. is like it's kind of like let me take you to where it is do you know what i mean it's like yeah. of its place yeah. which is odd for <laughs> urban cidery yeah. but um well, the, what, the, we, what are we saying on the taste i it's a bit bit high in the carbonation for me um initially anyway but um it, it tastes lovely again you, you're, you're um apple uh skin you know because there's acidity there that that really lifts mm. it uh, and obviously as you said there's no no tannins in there um but doesn't have the same fleshiness that we got from the scully you know i think as you yeah, said that yeah. was that was biting right into an apple um you're not getting that it's definitely more the orchard some hay some grass you know um a little bit of kind of strawberry or something in there as well maybe it's kind mm, of sweetness there, there, there's something there, but uh, I'll say it's 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 a faint taste. It isn't strong mm. and overpowering in any way. And I think if you're going to get into kind of uh, ciders, uh, like maybe one of your first ones, you, I don't think you could pretty much go wrong with that because it's got all those characters, but they're they're gentle. So it will. I think if you have a few of these, and then someone gives you something that's a bit more. Uh, upper level kind of thing in the fermentation or with the apple character I think after about 10 of these if someone gave you a gold rush you wouldn't be shocked um, but I would say for me I, I would want more from it but also 
it ain't for me. It ain't for me. Fuck it, man. Lads, it ain't for me. I suppose it's it's, 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 it's performing its, its function perfectly. Exactly. It's not supposed to be anything other than what it is. Like, you know, um, a... Uh, a classic, a classic, um, you know, in- English pilsner. Let's say, and depending upon the brand and the scale and everything, you know, it's supposed to be accessible, fresh, potentially smashable, enjoyable, thirst quenching. And I think this cider probably has the opportunity to do all of those things. If you want to have slightly higher levels of depth, complexity, nuance, etc. This is the launch pad to explore those things. I think you nailed it. That actually, you know, once your palate has adjusted to to, to the characters that are in here, it's a good place to start to then go forward on your rest of your cider journey. Yeah, I think so. I, I, oh, sorry. It's just going to say if you're going to go, if you you're going into the supermarket, picking a can for a night out, or uh, you know, uh, an occasion where you're maybe going to have five or six, instead of picking. Something a bit more mainstream and a bit more widely available, you you will not be disappointed if you pick this. And and if anything, it could potentially I do think it could help to change people's perception. Yeah, yeah. Just just like Brewdog, just like Brewdog's Punk IPA in the supermarkets now, as like a point of uh, my brother goes and picks it up in he's down in Devon, but he'll go like uh, Tesco and pick up a four pack there and just put them in the fridge as like just good stocking filler kind of beers. Yep. Um, and this is currently, I got it as the, I think you did as well, Grant, as the five pounds for four cans, which is just fucking ludicrous for one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if you're just going for essentially very good, no frills, two packs of that for a tenner, put that in the freezer, uh, and then put some in the fridge so that you've got one ice cold ready to go, uh, and you're watching the fucking boxing or something, you could plow them back. Yeah. That's that's just be, me being honest if I'm like, where would I be? And it's like, there's a fight on, fucking <laughs> put a couple of tinnies back. You're saying this is the soundtrack to a fight. Is that what you're saying, Mark? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, I wouldn't sit there and go like, um, like I went down uh, to watch the Fury Wilder fight with my brother, and we stayed up late. Um, and I actually, for the record, I had <laughs> four four tinnies of Guinness, and my brother was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Well, I'm not going to sit there with fucking uh, like uh, Pilton pom pom and be like, hmm, the <laughs> like no, I want to drink something and get Larry at the telly. That's what I want, and this." This is Larry Cider. I think you started. I think you started trying to give it a compliment. No, no, no. no, no I, I mean that. I mean that lovingly. No, I know. I, I do. I, I know what you mean. And, and um, I, yeah, but that's that's the thing with it. Like like Gabe says, it isn't trying to be anything. What there's uh, there's no dissecting here. I know we are. So uh, we'll just wrap it up. Hammer this dead. But, uh, yeah, but that is meant for who it's meant for. Uh, just fucking just buy a pack and put it in the fridge kind of thing yeah it's occasion it's not it's you know we 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 as consumers we all have different needs on different occasions and this is this the dependable grab go to easy fresh enjoyable cider and that's where we go moving things up a level in terms of flavor profile and and packaging and everything we are trying the 
Henny's Dry Cider, the Froom Valley. Um, this one has been picked up from Sainsbury's for £1.90 for a 500ml bottle. Um, let's give it a try. Um, the, the backstory to this is that um, this th- this product has been available in the UK marketplace for, I think, about a good 15 years or so. Mike Henney, he used to work for Bulmers back when it was an independent cider maker. He was in the marketing team and and, and, he, and he left the business and he'd started making a bit of his own cider and saw the opportunity for exactly what this cider, you know, the, the niche that it kind of sits in, which is a commercially available in all the big supermarkets in, in fairly big volumes, cider, I say West Country style, Herefordshire, tannic driven cider that has freshness and appeal. That's the, certainly always uh, my interpretation of the endeavor. It's been a little while since I've tasted one, so let's have a go. I've got the craziest tasting notes on the nose, I can tell you that. Fucking hell. What's he saying, Gabe? Apples. <laughs> I can I just say I've I've um packed all my glasses, so I and I wouldn't have previously said that a glass is a big thing, but see when I'm trying to, I've got a straight tumbler and I'm trying to get my nose uh, in it. And yeah, I, honestly, like to I, get the... I'm not really, I've, and I'm pretty, yeah, because I'm moving house next week. I'm pretty pissed off that I've done that. So, um, I'm <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not pissed off and moving, but I've, yeah, I've packed all the glasses and I've left the kind of tumblers out. So I'm struggling with the nose Mate, a little bit. You and I famously said it's just all subjective choice know, and we like this glass and exactly. you get out of a boot. Totally. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, shit, it's 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 real. Um it's not that I'm... just if you put your if you put your fingers in the glass and just like dab it <laughs> <laughs> Snort it easily. Stick it up your nostrils. Yeah. yeah. Um all right. my mine is I I I'm gonna be weird here. Mine smells like when you pull jacket potatoes out of the oven after two hours. Like it's got a weird potato skin, like hot oil, salty character to it. Um, which I, I, maybe it might not meant to have it. <laughs> Does anyone else get weird potato skins that are fried? I'm not sure that I'm getting weird no. fried potato skins. I think there is. There's a t- there's a there's a touch of what I think is like a if we're if we're being technical and the the, the horse is being imminently prepared, there's a touch of an almost sulfidey character, <laughs> or technically sp- accurately a, a disulfide character. So it's it's a very very light, gentle. Normally, it'd be like a cooked veg um, or something like that. So maybe I think that's where the the, the you know the hot potato as it were we're coming from and yeah. this is um this is a yeast thing you know it, it it's it's probably down to um maybe a slightly hot fermentation or or maybe a slightly sort of incomplete fermentation at any time it's not it's not the uh overriding factor in there there is plenty of the Dried apple skin. We've got a little bit of, sort of dried fruit on there. There are these. There are the phenolic characters. You know, we're definitely getting a little bit of the, a little bit of the hay barn in there as well. Um, mm. But it's definitely well, it's I'll, definitely a step up, isn't it, in terms of a bit of yeah. boldness on the nose compared to to the hawks. What about on, I've, on the palate? I've been shaking um, 
to, to go back to the nose, I've been shaking it in the glass and just smelling intermittently throughout that. And uh, definitely it's now become huge. Uh, like it, everything I said about the Hawks, this is that times five where it's like apples in your face. Hey, like proper, proper lived in kind of farming, but in a good way. But I, I just was like, you know, when you're caught off guard and you're like, what the f- where do I know that smell from? <laughs> well, it's really good that you can articulate it because normally the really frustrating thing is if you can smell something, you know what it is, but you can't actually place it in the mm. words because obviously that's a bit, it's a bit misplaced normally from having some. I eat a lot of jacket potatoes. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, I can't wish I could smell that now because that's a brilliant smell, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that, you it's and not your a bad straight-sided glass heathen. Ah, and, no. and, and as well, and as well, a lot of like, um, Gabe said then about the uh, vegetation. I've had a lot of ciders where you're like, oh, it's like cabbagey and stu- like it's got that kind of veg. This doesn't have that. It's like rooty. And I only say cooked because it's like when you open your oven and it's got that yeah. weird heat, oily, but well, like starchy a roast, note. something that's roasted. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. But as I know the, the thing that you say that. Quite often, it's like an esteemed veg thing, where it's like mm. overcooked, and you know yeah. it's it's wet and nah. But the, yeah, and again, I don't dislike it. I was just so caught off guard with like notes, notes of uh, a quick, easy dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but but the taste is like that that tannin balance, and you said about the carbonation of the hawks. Carbonation here is just like. Just little effervescent yeah, yeah. prickles of everything. If you if you were to close your nose, if you don't like that smell, you'd be greeted to like quite a complex cider for one night at Sainsbury's. Like, like it really is. Uh, and and it's it, it's the astringency is um, is something else. Like my mouth keeps is, it bright. Yeah, I mean my mouth is incredibly dry right now there's there's also a really healthy bitterness in there as well that is lit that is quite kind of lingering and you know it's described as a dry cider and let's you know you've got two things you've got the technicality of how much sugar there's in there there is there is sugar in there um if this was presented with with no sugar added back at all this would be a fairly boisterous and bullshit bastard bullshit Mm. bastard um but I think that they are legitimized in calling it a dry cider because of the level of tannin that's in there, because of the astringency, the mouth drying sensation, because of the bitterness, that sort of punchiness in there. Um, you know, people will will think that, you know, they will perceive this as being a dry cider. And so I I think I think that they've I think that they've legitimately kind of putting that out there. As you say, for 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 being a cider that's available, you know, nationwide um at a i think pretty reasonable price um for for the quality of cider it is but with that requisite accessibility in terms of the softness and the smoothness and a bit of sweetness in there it's it's a good purchase if i'm in a supermarket and um a lot of the time with with those with those supermarkets you're kind of going in there with out the expectation even in the beer terms so like i know these guys do uh, northern monk so usually i'd pick up that um if i'm being brutally honest i pick up pretty much brooklyn lager in any supermarket that sells it because i just adore that flavor um and it's just my go-to one and in fact uh, tesco's have got the old branding back in now the black can and i know you 
buy with your eyes or shit like that. I was so fucking happy when they brought that back instead of the crash shit old branding, like the redo branding. Um, but if this was there in Sainsbury's instead of Northern Monk Heaven, I think I'd go for this now. Like I didn't, I've not drank this until this episode and this is for the price. Ridiculous. Yeah, it really, it really is. For anybody who wants to have an enjoyable, easy drinking, tannic driven. So if you know what tannin is, if you want to know what tannin is in a, in a sort of safe place for a, a you know, for a, an accessible price, have a go on this and see where it leads you, especially after two or three bowls. There probably isn't another tannic cider available in the in in the I mean, west westerns. Um, we we actually haven't tried them all. So. <laughs> no, but in the, the supermarket, the supermarkets generally, you know, out out outside of um, you know Strongbone, um, yeah. Westerns, which is which, I, Westerns is a hard one because it's 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 so widely available um, that I, I don't know. It, it's definitely more mainstream than this. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, but th- th- this to me is is more more interesting, more complex. Um, and it's a, a smaller producer, you know. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I think a better way of exploring mm. the, the the sort of the cider that that we normally discuss on yeah. here. Also, it's um it's not one that would be readily available in your small cider shop, so you don't have to feel that like kind of prang of guilt of like ah oh, fuck I, I I'm not supporting local if I get it. This is like if you're in the supermarket. And you're getting this, but I suppose it, it depends on mean what you mean by small and local. This is a this is a guy in Herefordshire. Um, you know, no, he, I mean, I mean the 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 purchasing the to shop. support like, yeah. community. Oh, yeah, yeah. So sorry, like, sorry, the, so I'm with you. You, you wouldn't it, they, your local bottle shop, unless you're from that area, won't be selling this. Uh, my guess is. Um, so it's not that kind. Like I said, it's not that prang of guilt of like oh, I'm not. I I could get that there, um, but it, yeah, just a great little drink, six uh, percent as well. So it's got enough booze to carry you along your way if you want a five hundred mil of some something a bit stronger. Yeah, bravo! There we go. Mm. Give it a try, people. If you're in the UK, the Henny's Dry Cider. Um, we're a big fan, and so our final cider. It's one that we mentioned before, isn't it? It is. It is. Twisted tree. Twi, yeah. <laughs> uh, twisted tree sparkling cider from bought from Aldi. Five point five. Bought from Aldi. It's it's five point five percent. It was bought from Aldi for two pounds forty nine, which apparently was on offer. Uh, yeah, so, mine was uh, two seventy five. Yeah, so, uh, for the record, I mean, yeah, so I'm two ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get my, uh, get my twenty five p back. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that it's under three pounds, and uh, for anyone who who hasn't heard us speak about it before, it's, it is in a seven hundred and fifty mil bottle. Um, it is has a cork uh, and a cage, um, uh, and looks. Is presented 
like a sparkling wine, basically. Um, and yeah, yeah. and starting from that without even having tasted it, um, to to see something like that for under three pounds is is kind of kind of insane. I think even for 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 wine, um, well, certainly for wine, obviously, but um, yeah. So it's, got, it's got some got some kick on it. Oh, I thought shit. I was going to have some. I need to get uh, them up. No, what I thought I was going to need to get them up because it uh, it proper went boop, and I was looking at the pressure like fuck. Um, but uh, I'm going to need to get a proper glass that, for this. This is ridiculous. I'm quite excited about this. It's like, it's rare that I get to try a, like a side like this for the very very first time. So this is really really cool. It is Ooh. a cork and wire. Um, to be fair, you know, it's not a punted bottle at the bottom, so I don't, it's not full champagne method, and that's not saying that it's inferior. It's I, just... I, did, I did think uh, when when I was growing up, when I was growing up, sorry, uh, the uh, you're always told like uh, the how far the indent is, the better the wine. Uh, so people look at the bottom like this one's flat, uh, and I did jokingly pick this up and go, it is a flat bottom. <laughs> um, uh, it'd be interesting to see what you guys think about the aroma and uh, taste, because uh, for me there is uh, nothing. Oh no, I've got you know I've got a bit of um, I've got a bit a of t- or, tiny rhubarb. That's all I've got. I've got like, a bit of rhubarb. Absolutely. There's also almost like a touch of the of like the ethyl acetate of the slightly sort of like oily solventy kind of going on here too. I'm actually finding the aroma quite interesting. Light as it is, it's not huge. Grant obviously can't smell anything because, you know. No, I'm kidding. This has just got like leak. It's this leaking aroma everywhere other than up his nose. <laughs> I also, also, I finished that Henny's in about five minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, here he is. He's now like wanked, like trying to sniff his tumbler. Totally, uh... <laughs> Trying to sniff his tumbler, sniff my tumbler. Top of the episode, well done. <laughs> sniff my tumbler. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. It's not that I'm disappointed for the price and what you're expecting. I, what I was genuinely expecting was some, uh, the opposite, where it'd be big aroma and zero on the taste. Huh. Um, the carbonation is great. It's. Solid. And in fact, a lot of ciders that lab- are labelled Pet Nat could do with having some carbonation like this. Yes, um, totally. It's really nice and gentle, um, and and lifts, it keeps on going. Yeah, lifts the kind of sweet sort of estuary notes. It's kind of a bit of pe- bit of pear in there, actually. Weirdly, yeah. Um, that I, that I'm getting, um, and it's extremely pleasant. Mm. I got like a, a tiny touch of that kind of like uh, pear flesh, a little bit of that as almost like a, you know, when you got like banana skins, mm. that kind of like mm-hmm. little tacky thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, out of 10, it's like two, three, like I'm, I'm stretching and I don't mind stretching. Uh, and what I'll say is if this is ice cold and you've got that on a hot day, uh, and it's 245, say 250, 275, it don't fucking matter. But if you've got that and it's like, that's the option and you just want something in the neck, I bet that'll be gone in a minute. But for me, 
after the hennies, uh, I, I'm not impressed. But yeah, for you, if you uh, especially if you don't drink tannic cider, uh, if you go from this to hawks to hennies, that's probably a fair map journey kind of thing. I I I, th- I, th- I I don't really get the 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 seven fifty presentation for for what do you, do you think what they're trying to say is um, I guess that from from the outside it might look like a lot of the ciders that we actually drink and champion on here uh, celebratory ciders or like the size is like a sharing thing do you think this is kind of like it's not trying to say this is a fine cider. It's like, oh, well, this is finer than our one pound bottle of cider. But I, th- I, oh, sorry, go on. No, it's just like, well, the, well, the, the, the point I think with the 750ml format is that it's something that you probably should share because of its flavor profile or its ABV mm. um, in that drinking a whole bottle of it to yourself either isn't recommended because of the strength or because it's something that's particularly high in acid or high in tannins or whatever it is, it's quite bold and it's quite rich and it's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to it. This, to me, feels like you could drink that out of a can or a, um, yeah. a, or a, a a smaller bottle format and it, it could it could have been presented in, in a in a in a can like Hawks and we would have said, Oh, this is smashable and you could have five or six of these. That it just mm-hmm. feels like they've put that into a seven fifty mil bottle. Yeah. Um, I'm just really, really intrigued by the, the idea and the concept of this cider. This is this is not this is not somebody who's just gone for the lowest common denominator and made an exceedingly kind of mainstream cider in a very mainstream kind of pack and format that is just all about volume. This is endeavoring to doing something, to do something different and to try and communicate either to a different consumer or to the to the same side of consumer and to give them the option to to trade up or to try something different or to have a different experience. Whether they've nailed it in terms of the the liquid or whatever is is a slightly kind of subjective thing. But I really kind of do applaud them for at least having a crack at them and showing people yeah. that cider is you know this amazing breadth and diversity of different styles but also occasions and kind of modes and getting people to think about it rather than just being um yeah that that, that something that you try and consume as as quickly and and as much as possible and maybe it being something to savor so you know bravo to that but uh- <laughs> there is no way that anyone who is making cider and presenting it in a 750ml format of the styles that we would normally drink can get anywhere close to three pound a bottle so yeah also there's about seven times the amount of quality uh, minimum in any of the ones we like. The, yeah, yeah, but but when you're talking what's in about, the bottle, let alone the price, when you're talking about like how that. how good it is that it can change people's perception, fine. But then they, are they going to think, okay, oh, well, well, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll try another seven fifty ml bottle, and then they go to the shop and it's fifteen quid, and they're like, well, fucking what? Is is it a, is it a false sense of what what? 
what side there is, you know. I, I, th- I think that, I just think that it's endeavoring to tell a slightly different narrative. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like trying to get people to, you know, take a leap from a, you know, what, what's the own brand and I'll do the Taurus, you know, they're trying to take people to get a, a leap from, from Taurus to uh, a kind of Stouffer press. Even that's like a bit of a leap uh, and there'll be a little mm. bit of a leap kind of in, in the price. I'm not, not necessarily saying that anybody who tries this cider will go, will necessarily, um, be then willing to try 750 I, I, I just think that it's an opportunity to present cider in a slightly different right uh, a different light as it were um <laughs> and 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 i've forgotten what my name no, is no i do think it's great i do think it's great i just was just um well, it's, it's, a, it's a good point that you brought up as well totally. it's not like no, you no, were no. just being a dick no you don't <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't doing a martin <laughs> you were being a grunt oh that's what it is now doing a martin <laughs> I, I i think though i think what a lot of our listeners can get to uh if they've even got to this point because we can fucking see where you listen to you guns but uh it's great that we could even talk about essentially as stuff like hawks and hennies in the same sentence in a supermarket uh, setting. And if you can get that and you're trying to get your family involved in something like uh, Little Pomona Art of Darkness is a bit too far out. There are definitely accessible stuffs uh, available. But also, please support small. Please shop local, as always. But uh, that's it. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining in. Supermarket Week! So here at the Neutral Cider Hotel, it's our final section of the show, and it's our listeners' questions. Martin, what have the great cider public been asking of us this week? So we're a few weeks behind on the uh, questions. So this one comes from uh, Jacobus on Twitter. He says, hey, Neutral Cider Pod, blush face, loving the podcast, has made furloughed Mondays a lot easier to get through. A question for the team, what rare cider apple or peri pear would you love to see made into a cider or peri in the future? Are there any that you know that have been grafted or that are waiting to be grown in sufficient quantities that we may see from small producers in the coming years? Feels like a thing that consumers can actively help with their purchases from the likes of Ross on Y, Little Pomona, Oliver Cider, Caledonian Cider, et all. So, uh, any varieties uh, that we are excited about? Well, I mean, there's loads. Of course, this is the thing: is that there are. I mean, there's there's loads of cider apple and peri pear varieties out there. Um, even if they're not super rare, it's just that the majority of consumers don't necessarily know a lot about them yet because cider makers haven't had the opportunity or haven't put it at the forefront of what they're kind of advocating um you know we we talked we we drank the thorn perry the other week from uh from ross on why in the terms uh, you know in in the world of traditional uh english perry it's not a rare variety but it is a rare variety because it's a, it is a rare thing because there are so many so few of these trees left and so fewer 
producers making that kind of drink that even something that's been around for a really long time is actually something that's quite kind of rare you know and talking about you know apple varieties like yarlington mill or, or things like that actually you know putting it putting it forward as as something to be advocated is is something that that should be massively um encouraged and should be undertaken far more than it is than it is currently most people just think of cider as being that fermented apple drink maybe they've done anything about fermented just you know an apple flavored kind of drink i don't know um there are there are so many things to be advocating out there that just just focusing on you know there's uh i i picked a peri pear once called cowslip and i'm very fortunate it's the only pear it's the only mature tree of that variety in existence which you know gives me some modicum of smug satisfaction the fact that i then sort of butcher it and turn it into something that smells and tastes of sausages is not the <laughs> point um and you know it just goes to demonstrate that the rarest thing doesn't necessarily make the most exciting thing we we, we need to do a considerably greater job of championing the fantastic amazing range and diversity of stuff that we've already got at our disposal um also um it sounds even sillier added on to that because you've basically said <laughs> like uh there's already great stuff also there's great stuff within that so like the other day i did a kingston black tasting i had um first off i had um borough hills kingston black single ray then i had little pomona's kingston black single ray then i had ross and wise single uh kingston black single ray and they were all so markedly fucking different mm-hmm. and markedly amazing that you can't it's not like oh i've already tried that or like oh i know what that's like it's like there's a world within the world that you haven't even got the fucking keys to the door to yet so people's education insider is so limited even if you're really into it like that was maybe that's definitely the first thorn single variety i've had and it may be the only second perry i've had with that in that i know of so it's like even if you're into it into it there's just a breadth of uh, language that we even need to learn to get to the point that we can fucking address that. So, so you're at the answer is none, none and all. <laughs> <laughs> the classic non-answer answer. Well, and also at the moment, what it, it, using single varieties as a way to sell something isn't bringing anyone new in because they don't know yeah, yeah. what that is. So you put a a whole range of olivers on a shelf and there's lots of different uh they, they they all have different names which are as we know might be different varieties although he's not into single varieties maybe say ross and y as opposed to olivers someone who's, who's not used to who doesn't drink a lot of cider might turn up and be like oh all these ciders have funny names don't they you know <laughs> it's not like they're gonna go oh that's uh <laughs> oh, i might try the brown snout today because I haven't tried that yet, yeah. or uh, you know, I mean, it, it, do they make this at Yarlington Mill? Is that the place that they make it? Is yeah, exactly. Like... Yeah. Oh, is that a picture of Yarlington Mill on the Ross and Y label there? Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, um, I, 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 and but I, I think that varieties is is a great way to 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 really educate people on the on the and and a, a use of language that we could use in cider that would help cider makers and cider drinkers to mm. 
categorize things a bit easier and and sell things a bit easier and and and, and make it more accessible in a way even though at the moment it seems like crazy because you've it's um to expect someone to understand or know all these varieties but it it could make it more accessible if we start using that language ultimately in answer to jacobus uh what blush face blush face um the real answer is Dimmock red, you know, just plant some Dimmock red. Oh, use, fuck come off. on. Hey, no. Cider apple variety has been written about in the 17th century as being, you know, brilliant. Is that bit- when your book came out? Ooh, that's a little harsh. It was it was only two years ago. It's just the number of times that I mentioned Ciderology by Gabe Cook available now. Um, it does feel like it has been out for 350 years. Um so I jest, of course. It's ju- it is just an indicator of there are so many fantastic varieties. But you know, um, there are there are some there are some apple and pear varieties that that have uh, e- either been sort of largely sort of lost, or it's down to a few remaining trees. Ross and Wire really big on their flaky bark kind of perry, and Tom obviously Mister Oliver with the with the copy perry pear. These these hyper. Um, fucking beautiful rare varieties and making kind of you know ex- fucking exquisite drinks and that's just something to you know explore but everybody should just get on their own journey to explore these varieties and um yeah give it a go yeah well now you're back in the room <laughs> yeah. okay oh, back in pulled the room. them out from that hypnosis Thank god for that uh, how many oh, how many books have we bought <laughs> 72 i reckon that might pay. That might pay for Christmas. Yeah, Fantastic. Have a look at your website stats, Gabe. Ching 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 ching. Yeah, your your wrist your wrist's going to be so sore from signing them all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if if people haven't got this far and they don't get bought out of the hypnosis and they're just forever buying the fucking thing. Siderology, 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 siderology. Ah, oh, there we go, everybody. Another fantastic, joyous excitable cider filled episode of the neutral cider hotel make sure you subscribe rate and review on apple podcasts follow on spotify and listen or listen on your favorite podcast app we're on instagram neutral cider hotel on twitter neutral cider pod and our website is www.neutralciderhotel.com and if you've made it this far through the show thanks very much we really do appreciate it and we hope to see you next time around come in with all your listeners questions we we do read every single thing that comes in uh all the letters and you never know you just might have your question answered but for now from myself martin and grant cheers to you all next time around 